0: Hello and welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep together in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. I'm Ben Jacobson. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran in Fargo, North Dakota, and I am joined today by my colleague, Pastor Sarah Seibold. Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Good to have you back on the podcast today. Today we're talking about. Israel and their continued wandering in the wilderness. And we're talking about uh, some of the ways that they have strayed. Mm -hmm. And one of them is in creating a very specific idol. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm wondering with this talk of idols and this uh, maybe not necessarily an idol like Israel makes, but who did you have (laughs) as an idol growing up? (laughs)
1: Oh man, I had I had a few um, growing up in Detroit. I always wanted to sing like Aretha Franklin. That was that was one of my idols. Uh, but probably even more so, uh, I am a child of the 80s and my my idol, the person I looked up to was She-Ra.
0: She-Ra. She-Ra, Tell like me about she's She-Ra. the Counter,
1: she's the heroine counterpart to He-Man. Oh. Yes. And so she had her own um <laughs> <gray> skull tower <laughs> and uh and so I had I had her castle and I had all of her uh, I had her doll and all of her uh, friends and animals the unicorn the elder, and all those things that I played with them and of course I imagined myself as hero with her super strength and super power. Yeah. I loved her. It was great. So
0: yeah. do you still have that castle?
1: I do not. It went to some cousins of mine and oh. they enjoyed it for many years once I
0: once That's they good. They got to idolize Shira a <laughs> little did. bit I'm too. They did. I
1: passed on a great thing, huh?
0: It is strange <laughs> that word idol. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it it has a negative connotation, but also a positive one, right? I yes. Mean, when our idols are maybe in the right space, mm-hmm. they can be a good thing. But of course, when they good thing becomes a god thing, mm-hmm. then we have problems. Then we've got Unfortunately, problems. Unfortunately, She-Ra has <laughs> the, the the right place in your uh, life, and so yes. it's not a problem. Not a problem you. today.
1: No, nope, not a problem.
0: <laughs> you don't idolize She-Ra to the point where you still got that castle, and it's right. the place where you go for all of your help and hope. That's right. No. <laughs> no.
1: no. Today, that's Jesus. Yes, yes, that is a good thing. <laughs> but
0: we do all have idols, I think, of the many that I had growing up. And Sometimes they're people we know. Sometimes they're people we see on the screen. Sometimes they're people we imagine. And, and uh, yeah. So uh, Israel's idol, maybe not so great. We're going to read uh, in Exodus 32, we're going to read verses 1 through 14. And I'll read that for you now. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come. Make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow, Moses, who has brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. What he took they had handed him and made it into an idol. In the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone, so that my anger may burn against them, and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, Why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give your descendants all this land I promised them. And it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Sarah, as you listen to that as you read that what are some of the words phrases questions things that come into your mind
1: well as i as i read this um you know aaron uh aaron is essentially moses's right-hand man and, and has been part of part of the process of uh of helping Moses be in leadership, and, and yet, you know, as soon as this is like the first test of Aaron's leadership, yeah, and right. and he, go, he doesn't and Moses, do very well. No, he? no, he doesn't, no. Um, but we all have to learn and grow, and and <laughs> so Aaron, uh, Aaron, how, how quick he is, uh, when, when brought on by the pressure of the people, he, he quickly caves to them, and and um, and Moses, you know, as he comes down, um, and or as God tells him to go down from the mountain, you know, um, how, you know, God said to him, these are the people that you brought up out of mm. Egypt. And and yet Moses, um, in turn, uh, then helps when he says, okay, God wants to uh, burn in his anger and he wants to destroy these people. And yet Moses intercedes, right? He like, mm. he speaks about, who God? This is who you are. You're not gonna uh, go against who you are and what you've already said and what you've already done. Uh, you brought them out of Egypt with great power, mighty hand. There's, and, yeah.
0: There's almost a confusion as you read this. A confusion around who's responsible for bringing the israelites out of egypt because there's been this refrain throughout exodus i'm the lord your god i'm the the one who brought you out of slavery the one who delivered you that's repeated over and over and over again and now here we are and and we've got the israelites saying the let's make some new gods and, and they're the ones who brought us out and then you have uh god god saying to moses like you said you brought them out, so there's this. <laughs> the, who, who's responsible for what? It's right. starting to get confusing, and then, of yeah. course, by the end uh, of this chapter and and in the ones that follow, we start mm-hmm. to see that uh, that that confusion is cleared up, it and is everybody up. remembers yes. who it was. Yes,
1: but how quickly? I mean, this how quickly these group of people, these Israelites forget. I mean, it, you know, it, it's only a matter of, what, five chapters, uh, six chapters for us uh, that that Moses has gone up, to, up the mountain. But right before he went up to the mountain, right before then, in chapter 20, he gives this covenant relationship, these ten rules, these ten things that God and his people are going to live by to be in this covenant relationship. Relationship, and and what did what did the people say? The people said, "Yes, we we agree to this. Yes, we we're going to be in this covenant relationship." And yet, Moses takes too long, and they're just quick to throw it away.
0: Yep, yep. They 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 say almost immediately, "We'll do all the things you ask, Mm -hmm. God." And what is the first thing that they do? They break that first commandment. They break the first. They create another God. Yep. Yep, an idol that that they turn to and and what an empty place really. Mm-hmm. I mean here mm-hmm. they've had this God who has been with them, who has been active, who has fought for them, who's listened to them, who's heard them mm-hmm. all throughout the the chapters of Genesis. And now they're they're giving their attention, they're giving their worship, they're giving their honor and praise to this statue that will do nothing for them. Right. And I how often do we do that?
1: Exactly. Yeah, we,
0: we turn our attention to, to whatever that thing is, that idol, that that we think is going to do, what we want, but actually God will do. <laughs> only God will do, yes. which is is be with us, lead us, mm-hmm. forgive us, mm-hmm. uh, be in a relationship with us, yeah. and and we yeah. turn to things that just won't do that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, we praise. God on Sunday or you know in our church sometimes Wednesday and we as soon as we leave the that worship space where our attention our everything our hearts sometimes are turned away from God and we're putting other things or people in the place where only God was made to live in our hearts right so so yeah and and so when this happens you know Moses intercedes on on Israel's behalf and what does God say he says okay I won't I won't destroy them I'm going to have mercy on them.
0: That's a powerful moment. Yeah. We should maybe stop there for yeah. just a second. So to be in a relationship means to be able to have a, a conversation. Mm-hmm. And Moses and God, they have a pretty serious conversation here. Yeah.
1: yeah, they do. And 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 in this part of Exodus, it's the Lord listens, right? The Lord, it, it seems as if he changes his mind. Hmm. He, it says the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened um and that's that's pretty incredible that that Moses felt so confident in his relationship with God but also within God himself that he felt confident enough to speak God that's not who you are hmm. remember we are your people have mercy on us yeah we are a stiff-necked people <laughs> but but you are our God and um and And that's wonder, you know, this is wonderful um, reminder that, you know, as I look at Moses and how he had the capacity to intercede for, uh, for Israel, it, you know, it reminds me of our great intercessor and that's Jesus, right? Like Hmm. Jesus is the one who came down, not from a mountain, but from heaven itself. Jesus is God with skin on, who comes to show us God's great love and mercy to intercede for our sin on our behalf right? Mm -hmm. So that we can know God's love and mercy. Um, But as we continue in this text, uh, you know, that's the next part of this story, unfortunately, is that, well, as soon as Moses actually did come down from the mountain, well, Moses himself got angry. (laughs) And Moses himself, um, He, he, uh, in his anger in verse 19, it says when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf they had made and burned it in the fire. Then he ground it to powder, scattered it in the water and made the Israelites drink it. And what I want to point out here is, um, you know, Moses, in his anger, you know, he is the only human being in all of history to break all Ten Commandments at once. Did you know that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, quite literally. He broke them. He
1: quite literally broke them. <laughs> uh, sorry, bad Bible joke. Uh, but <laughs> it,
0: so, it, it's interesting to mm. me that, that Moses intercedes for the people. Mm-hmm. He hasn't seen what they're doing. He's heard about it. Right. God, of course, has seen it. Yes. And now Moses sees it and he feels the same anger. <laughs>
1: he does. And he and he burns the calf and, and he makes, he scatters it in the water and he makes them drink it. And you're like, what in the, what is that about? And uh, I actually kind of like this imagery, this metaphor that we kind of talked a little bit about was that, um, but take it the next step is, you know, when we... Put something in the place of God in our hearts and in our lives where He lives, ultimately, what we consume in His place will consume us. Mm. Like we want these, and so this image that they are consuming mm-hmm. this calf mm-hmm. as if it will form and shape them. Mm. And how often, when we engage in the world and we take in and we consume, those things start to form and shape us. Mm. And they take the place of God in mm. our hearts, and and our, and our greatest focus isn't on Him, but as on things of this world, right?
0: Yeah, and there's a there's a serious parallel here to to God's provision in the manna and yes. the water. Yes. Uh, what does He do? Uh, he, he grinds that calf into powder, almost like mm-hmm. a parallel of well, manna is going to th- when you have manna in the right place and you eat it, yes. it's going to do what God intended. But yep. when you don't have God to when you turn from that, you're going to be literally drinking, eating something that's not going to give gonna, you life. Right. It's not going to give
1: you life. It's not going to fill you. It is not going to nourish your soul. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, so the reading continues. And, um, and of course, uh, God, he, he, you know, Moses is angry. God still has a bit of anger in him. One one thing that uh, often jumps out at me jumps out to me as I read this text is so Moses is angry and he saw that people in v- verse 25 uh he saw that people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control and s- and and so became a laughingstock to their enemies to the people around them so this like fuels Moses's anger mm-hmm. even more and so he Moses stood at the entrance to the camp and said whoever is for the Lord come to me and all the Levites rallied to him and then he said This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. And the Levites did as Moses commanded. And that day, about 3,000 of the people died. The next day, Moses said to the people, jumping to verse 30, "'You have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin.'" so Moses goes back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold, but now please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. And the Lord replied to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Now go lead the people to the place I spoke of, and my angel will go before you. However, when the time comes for me to punish, I will punish them for their sin. And the Lord struck the people with a plague because of what they had, what they did with the calf Aaron had made um you know this is a really this is a real what do you do with this text where god said i am not going to destroy my people and yet three thousand people died and a plague still hit them and and ultimately moses is the one who names it it's atonement for sin there's a consequence for sin i mean the israel israelites essentially threw away this covenant relationship but God is not going to throw away this covenant relationship. But there is still a consequence for sin. We have to remember, we're not in the garden. We're outside the garden here. And there is still consequence for sin. And some of it is by our own hand, Moses' hands, right? Yeah. And some of it's natural consequence, right, is is the falling out of, okay, They now they've just ingested this calf, and now they've, you know, and, and now they're going to be hit with a plague. Um and and I think about that so often for us um, that even in our own relationship with Jesus and we are sinful people and we turn to Him for forgiveness He gives us forgiveness He gives us new life, but does that ever really stop the consequence of some of our own chosen sin? Mm-hmm. You know, what do we do with that?
0: So we get we we receive both the judgment and the consequence. Yeah, yeah. But also the salvation. Yeah. I think that's so important for especially in a lot of these texts that we've been reading is, you know, God, God is just and God, God does things that, that maybe we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we're reading scripture, we can't make sense of that in our heads right. and in our hearts. So what do we do with that? How do we, how do we wrestle with that?
1: Yeah. yep. Yeah. I, I, from my personal perspective, I look at this, you know, God almost had another Noah moment where he was going to extinguish all the Israelites, you know, where he had extinguished all of humankind except Noah and his family. You know, he almost had that moment, but what does he do? He relents and he has mercy. I mean, he shows himself to be a God of mercy. Um, and that's that's where I choose to, to focus on is um, it's hard. It's hard to understand this God who is both just and merciful, a God who sets the boundaries, who, who calls us to live within those boundaries, but also allows us the freedom to break through those boundaries, right? And when we do, he still provides a path for forgiveness and salvation. And I focus on that second part. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can't understand the justice all the time. I can't,
0: Neither can I, and I wrestle with it. and And I think what I've seen just as I've read these texts is is that, you know ultimately, what endures? that yes, there are moments of of consequence and hurt and brokenness. But what endures, what's the thread that that pulls through every story here is mm-hmm. is that regardless of what the people do, God is still good, mm-hmm. and his justice and mercy, keep that promise moving forward.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, and ultimately, we know where that leads. Mm-hmm. We're only in the mm-hmm. second book of the Bible right, right. now. <laughs> but we know that, that it's going to lead to a cross where God yes. is going to give everything. Yes. God is going to give everything. And so yeah. sometimes we, I think we read difficult texts and we say, well, who is this God? Mm-hmm. I don't recognize some of these actions. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to be able to hold that within the big picture. Yes. Which is hard for finite minds. It can be very
1: hard. It can be very. And which I think is um, what part of the section here, uh, 33 and 34, tells the story of how God is, he's going to show Moses his glory. He's actually going to physically show himself to Moses, walk by Moses. He's going to uh, put Moses in the crevice of a mountain, right? And he's going to hide Hide Moses's face from seeing his face because to do so would it would just bring death to him. As I mean, his glory is so great, but he will allow Moses to see his back. And when he does that, when he allows Moses to see him, he makes a, a declaration of who he is, of his love, of his compassion. And uh, I've got to find it here in my Bible. He talks about making this new covenant uh, with the people. And he, and he says this. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, meaning thousands to the generation, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generation. And Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshiped, O oh, Lord, I have found favor in your eyes. Then let the Lord go with us. Allow this. The, although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wickedness and our sin and take us as your inheritance. And the Lord said, I am making a covenant with you. Before all your people, I will do wonders never before done in any nation and in all the world. And the people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you and and indeed i mean how does god describe himself here where have we heard this promise before he's going to bless them to the thousandth generation way back way back way back in abraham (laughs) that promise right but when we hear this how how is the lord described the compassionate and gracious god slow to anger abounding in love and faithfulness maintaining love to the thousands with forgiveness um you know, we, we, we think of God so differently from the God of the New Testament, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, but here we have this thread mm-hmm. that points to the, the God cross. who comes, the cross, to the God who comes down to earth, who dies for us, and who is brought to new life and resurrection, right?
0: So right there, chapter 34, verse 6, mm-hmm. ultimately God makes the proclamation of who he is mm-hmm. and what he's done and what he will do, and that clears up the confusion that we had earlier yep. around that calf. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I love that phrase, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Ultimately, that's who God is, and we, we you know, we might see moments of that where that slow to anger. It it took a while for God to get there, but but his anger was necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, But also a compassionate and gracious God who's abounding in love and who will be faithful to this people for the generations to come. Mm -hmm. I marked that one in my Bible so that I won't forget it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Underline, highlight, put an asterisk, star. Right in the margin,
0: (laughs) do it all. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I think that um you know, we could probably wrestle with this one for a long time. Yeah. And I think it's good when we do wrestle mm-hmm. because it gives us a perspective that we maybe didn't have before. So I want to thank you for doing that with me today and thanks for your your thoughts and your wisdom and ultimately thanks be to God for his word and for the promise that it's a living word and that it speaks to us when we open it. And I hope that that's been true for those who have been listening with us. I invite you to join us back again next week as we continue uh, discovering who this God is and what he means and who he is for our life together. So don't forget to to subscribe, to give us a rating, uh, to, to join us back again. And in the meantime, stay deeply rooted.